Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Commander's news breaking as we welcome you back on Grant and Danny here on The Fan. Taking you up to 630 all over D.C. on 106.7. The fan with you for another one hour on Richmond's AM 910 and FM 105.1. And however you're listening, we appreciate you doing so. Make sure you've got the Odyssey app. We are always free on the Odyssey app. Great way to listen to the show. The commanders have claimed former Vikings defensive back Cameron Dantzler off of waivers. Dantzler, who was originally drafted into the NFL by Minnesota In the third round with pick 89 back in 2020, they've obviously had a regime change, did not have a ton of success with Minnesota, was a starter initially in 2020, and has started very minimally here over the last couple of years at times since. On the outside, he got some work in three um, nickel-dime type packages, three and four-corner sets, so the the starting totals are higher. But in terms of snap counts and things, he had been dwindling down their depth chart. But I'll tell you what, it's a nice depth piece with some upside. Because he was a third-round pick. He's only 24 years old. You bring him over. You put him in a new defense now. You see how it works. I kind of like the idea of kicking the tires on a guy like Dan. Got no issue with that. It can't be the only thing you do. But to your point, it's very low downside signing, right? Guy's still on his rookie deal, I believe, um, that you're inheriting. So it's not going to break the bank. And if he lives up to some of that promise, maybe change of scenery, maybe different defense, different ask, maybe it does fit. If it doesn't, you didn't do what you did with, say, William Jackson, who is going to cost you $9 million this year in dead cap money. This is a low downside type move. Here's the only thing I don't really understand, though. So Cameron Dantzler was claimed off waivers, right? Yes. The Vikings waived him a couple of days ago, and he went through the waivers process and ended up landing in Washington. That tells me that half of the league passed on him. That's right. That's odd, no? I mean, again, it it costs very little. He was a third-round pick. And he's a depth guy you're bringing into your building. Why would half of the league, and and that isn't to say that more teams wouldn't have, it's just that Washington, I would think, because they're 16th in the draft order, would be 16th in the waiver order, right? So smack dab Mm -hmm. in the middle of the NFL. The first 15 teams that had his choice ahead of you to to call dibs on Dantzler didn't. Why do you think that would be? That 
is a really good question that deserves an answer. So what I'm doing right now is vamping while I try to think of a good response. <laughs> and I'm making it sound like I'm making a point, but I don't really have one. So what I'm going to do is then turn it around and do a little Brian Windhorse, like fingers in the air kind of a deal. Why would half the teams pass on him when it's a low downside type signing? What do you think, Grant? Maybe I'll agree with you. I Honestly, dude, I, I cannot figure that out. Because, again, unless there's some sort of character problem, and, and I don't believe there is or don't know about it, if, if there is, where teams are going, yeah, it's not worth it to us and where we're at in our program, we're trying to build something. But to me, this is a very low downside type thing, just to, again, a waiver claim. This is not inheriting somebody's, you know, middle of a free agent, middle of a, you know, big long-term contract type thing where you're on the hook now for multi-years and tens of millions of dollars. It's a pretty low-impact signing, no? Yeah, I mean, he was scheduled to make on his rookie deal $2 million this year, 2.9 in year four of a four-year rookie contract as mm -hmm. a third-round pick. That's next to nothing, right? And if you want to say, well, you know, you could do a lot better than Cameron Dantzler signing a veteran for $3 bucks who's played a lot in the league later this offseason, maybe. But, I mean, you're talking about, I would say, possible upside with a guy who is in his young 20s who was a third-round pick. But it is. It's the fourth year of a four-year, $4.5 million deal if the contract carries over, which I'll have to get some details, and I'll send a text on that. But this is Tom Pelissero, credit where it's due, NFL Network, saying that the commanders have claimed Cameron Dantzler off waivers. So here is what I like about today so far, okay? Has Washington added a marquee talent? No. Have the commanders brought in anyone that is going to ultimately play in a Pro Bowl here? Very, very doubtful. Have they even added anybody who's going to be really, really good next season? I would say probably not. But my biggest priorities for them are offensive line and corner. They have added three players today. Two offensive linemen and a corner. I like that they are in the game in the areas where we all kind of think they need to be prioritizing it's and reassuring. their yeah. personnel. It's reassuring when you're – because, you know, when you have an entire offseason, you have all the different months of planning and, and, and whatever, and evaluation. When their eval of where the weaknesses are kind of lines up with – not that I'm considering myself smarter than the average bear when it comes to this, but what looks to make sense, right? Like if today they were going after a running back or going after another wide receiver or something like that, we kind of go, you guys, have you guys seen your team? Do you know what's going on? It seems pretty intuitive. And I know it sounds like a, like, like a condescending pat on the head here, but it looks like they get it. They get where they are. They get what they need. And they're trying to go about this in a really smart way. I like these types of signings, by the way, because the headlines are, $100 million for this guy or six years and 155 and this much guaranteed. What they've done here is basically say, if we strike out elsewhere, right, if we don't get the marquee right tackle, if we don't get the, the guy that we want in the draft at one of these other spots, our fallback plan is pretty good. It's better than we were when we started free agency on Sunday, right? We're in a better place right now than we were 24 hours ago. Is it good enough? I don't know. That's TBD, but it's a nice fallback option where you've where you've now sort of raised the bar a bit for the organization. All right, let's go through Washington's free agents that are hitting the market and are able to actually leave and sign elsewhere now with the league year having kicked off so that everyone's on the same page as to who could actually be walking out the door here on Grant and Danny on the fan. Uh, the one name that jumps out at me defensively as having been productive last year, F.A. Obata. 
F.A. Obata, who came over and signed with this team this past season, was productive, helpful, got to the quarterback, sacks, played end, played tackle. A guy that I would like to keep around here in D.C., Danny. I'd like to have him. I'd like to have him back. And you don't have to break the bank for him, but a nice rotational piece again with some position flexibility on that defensive line. What are you going to do at linebacker now? Where Jamin Davis came on, to his credit, Cole Holcomb got hurt last season. Holcomb, who was drafted, has now been in the building for a few years, probably needing a payday at some point, I would think. They don't prioritize this position. It's just not something that they care a lot about. What are they going to do? Holcomb, having just finished the fourth year of his four-year deal. I think you can get Cole Holcomb to come back. Maybe it's maybe it's a pay raise. Unrestricted free agent right now is uh, valuation. On over the cap last year was that he was worth a little over two figure, you know, in the open market, maybe four or five. I was going to say year. five, maybe, maybe even a little bit north of that. But I, I'm, I like the idea of not making that position a premium. Just so curious again that they spent a first round pick on that position or a linebacker position just a couple of seasons ago. But if you're going to devalue something, that's almost now become kind of the running back of the defense, right? Where you can always find somebody plug and play and it's really about the havoc creators. You just want a smart dude, uh, you know, your, your John Bostic break class in case of emergency type guy is always available. Savvy veteran that can kind of step in and, and make some tackles when the ball flows his way. I would bet they bring Cole Holcomb back, but I don't know what the other options are at this stage unless you want to start getting in bidding wars. Well, I think they bring Cole Holcomb back, too. I also think you can replace him. You know, I think right. while I like Cole Holcomb. Like if some, another team falls in love, you go fairly well. Sure. It meaning like that? There's a lot of Cole Holcombs out there. You know, guys that are in the right spot at the right time and make a bunch of tackles. I mean, hell, you just paid your defensive tackles a combined $40 million a year. Yeah. You obviously think that they're going to mm-hmm. do what they have to do to help whoever the jag linebacker is behind them be okay. And I think Holcomb's been a big success story. I think he's been their best linebacker over the last few years. For him to have been a fifth-round pick out of Carolina, play the way that he has, huge win for the organization. So I'd imagine they keep him. But if they don't, I don't lose sleep. And also, remember, as you said, I mean, how many times last year were there no Holcomb or no Davis? There were times where there were no both, and they're playing with Mayo and Bostic and uh, Milo Eifler and Kalik Hudson. The way they operate in their secondary – Fuller, Curl, Forrest, St. Juice, Johnson, Reeves, all on the field at once. They're going to add to that secondary, I believe. They they don't just they don't ask a lot for their linebackers. So I don't think it's an overly uh, big deal or a concern. But my guess is they bring him back. They find something that works. Those are the only two guys on defense, legitimately. That's it. Obata and Holcomb that did a whole lot for them last year. Where you'd want to sort something out before they leave. Offensively, names to keep an eye on here. They re-upped with Cam Sims and kept him around. Uh, Tyler Larson, Trey Turner, Wes Schweitzer, Nick Martin, Wes Martin on the offensive line. Larson's the one guy, if he wasn't hurt again, that I would say as a backup center makes a lot of sense. The rest of those guys, I don't think it matters very much. So really on offense, it's only a couple names as well, led by Taylor Heineke. That's the guy you circle. What are you going to do there at quarterback behind Sam Howell? Yeah, it sort of tells you, right? They're, they're in a pretty good shape in terms of roster continuity and instruction. Really helps when you don't have 50 million bucks allocated to a, a, a quarterback. Uh, you know, your ability to kind of keep some people. But I don't know Larson's health status right here at the moment. But if we think he's available for the season, you could do a lot worse as maybe a backup center. But now keep in mind, again, they've got guys that are, including Gates, I think, could fill this role, that – 
I play guard. I also play center, but I also play this other guard. I do a lot of other things. I'll sell popcorn in between plays and a little bit of everything in terms of position flexibility on the offensive line. So, but Larson would be a guy that I'd be intrigued with. All right, so let's go around the depth chart then with that in mind. So on offense, we'll come to quarterback last. Wide out, you got McLaurin, signed, sealed, delivered last offseason. You drafted Jahan Dotson, 16th overall. Looks like the real deal out of Penn State. Curtis Samuel's been a top 10 highest paid wide out in the game for you. The last couple years, they have not gotten enough out of him. But maybe Eric Bieniemy helps you tap into that resource. Depth wide outs. Deami Brown, two-touchdown game against the Titans. Flash last season. Dax Milne, former seventh-round pick, who's been a return man. They've got Dax Milne's older brother and the same version of Dax Milne, but a veteran and Alex Erickson still in the building if they want him. Cam Sims gives you some size. I still wouldn't mind them going out and getting another wide receiver. You could move on from Deami Brown and Milne and those types of guys, and I would be perfectly fine with that. What about another veteran to just kind of round this thing out with four receivers you really trust? I don't know that you need anyone who has a ton of speed or takes the lid off. That would certainly be nice. But McLaurin, Dotson, and Samuel are going to be the big three. There's no doubt. I kind of like the idea of one more receiver I can count on in the event that those guys miss games. Dotson was hurt a bunch last year. Samuel missed almost all of one of the two seasons he's been here for. I could use one other guy kind of as a different type. In other words, a a big-bodied Camp Sims-style guy, like a red zone threat just to push people around, something like that, or just a track star. Maybe not a great route runner, but a dude that when he's in the game, you have to pay attention because he might go over the top, whether A, to throw it to him, but B, to open things up for those other guys, maybe work in middle and underneath. They've got a new right tackle, very likely, and Andrew Wiley. I guess it's possible he could start at guard. I think their line right now, left to right, Charles Leno, who... People want to upgrade from, but I just think the fan base is overreacting to a down couple of weeks to end the season. He's been pretty good, and he doesn't make nearly as much as quality left tackles do in this league, so it's good value. A left guard, a wide open. They need a starter there. As of right now, it would still be Andrew Norwell. Chase Roulier is their center. He's been hurt each of the last two seasons for the second half of the year. Hasn't been able to post, and he's the fifth highest paid guy on the team, so monitor what they do with Rulier, that's going to tell you a lot about their plan at center. Sam Cosme, their drafted tackle in the second round back in 2021 out of Texas, now gets kicked inside the right guard probably. Look out for Chris Paul, who started against the Cowboys in Week 18 and was very, very good. The seventh-round pick out of Tulsa showed pretty well. So that's Leno, to be determined at left guard, Rulier, Cosme, and Wiley, I've got Nick Gates and Chris Paul competing for that other guard job, probably. At least at this right stage, now. right? Yeah. I mean, and the other names are, are not guys that, that you'd recognize, right? It's, you know, whether they want to bring Wes Schweitzer back one more time or, you know, Dude, something I think to that he's going to get paid. Do you think as so? funny as that sounds. Really? I mean, Spot Track said he's going to get, like, close to $9, 10000000 million a year. Now, that would shock me. Hopefully not from the team in this town. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. I think he's leaving and he's uh. going to be a starter somewhere else. Good. Bully for you, sir. <laughs> I don't believe that. Like, why do Spot Track's numbers sometimes seem so lofty? Remember when we were looking it up and they had Taylor, Taylor Heineke, Heineke making almost yeah. twenty a year? And I was like, for football? Like, is he? Is he? <laughs> what? Anyway, uh, like, Sadiq Charles is still technically around. I mean, there there are Man. bodies, yeah. But that's kind of where I'm at. I would I would expect maybe one guy kind of mid rounds of the draft, 
or they may like what they've seen in Chris Paul, and they'll let him and Gates go after that uh, left guard spot and then fill in some depth behind him. Tight end position we have discussed ad nauseum here recently because this is an area where I disagree with this staff. Uh, it seems like Rivera and his crew are set, and they like what they've got. Uh, I loved the Cole Turner pick last year in round five, and I still think he could become a weapon. They adore Armani Rogers, the former college quarterback that they've turned into a tight end who got hurt off and on last year, but when he was healthy, they used occasionally running the football on jet action. Uh, John Bates, really good blocker. Doesn't do a whole lot after the catch, but pretty sure-handed. Reminds me a lot of our buddy Logan Paulson. Mm -hmm. And then speaking of Logan's, Logan Thomas is still their tight end one. So the depth chart would be Logan Thomas, John Bates, Cole Turner, Armani Rogers in that order. Now, I happen to believe that Sam Howell would greatly benefit from a tight end that could go out and catch 60 balls for 600 yards. I'm not sure Logan Thomas can do that anymore. He will be a year removed from a serious injury. But I just haven't seen it now for a year and a half with him. Bates is not that guy. And Turner, while he's got huge potential, showed almost nothing last year. So I would just like a bird in the hand there than, yep. rather than us talking about what's in the bush. So for Turner, I mean, I think if you had him run routes, he could do those kinds of things statistically. But then I think you'll, you'd really suffer in the run game. I mean, that's the weakness, right? That's why it lasted till the mid Isn't to late why rounds. Bates is here? Yeah. Keep but, Bates in, have him go out. But so, you know, personnel. becomes an obvious tell then. When, when Turner's in the game, you know, attention world's probably a pass. And if it's not, he'll get, you know, beaten up by a linebacker or something else. If he was a little bit better, you know, kind of going two-way as a run blocker, I think you could kind of have that weapon. But I'm with you. I want to upgrade that room. I like Logan Thomas a lot personally. Seems like an awesome dude. I feel terrible for the guy. He's been hurt a couple times now, but I think they need to do better there. It seems like this staff likes him. I'd like to do one of those things they do now in TV shows where it's like a power move to go, can we have the room, please? And it's just me and Eric Bianami. I go, what do you think, bud? I don't care what those guys think. What do you think about this tight end room? Running backs, Brian Robinson, Antonio Gibson, J.D. McKissick, Jonathan Williams. Now, McKissick, and I'm just kind of spitballing here, but he has had some really serious neck yes. and head injuries. I think it's very possible he has played his final down with Washington. I don't want to say for his career. I just don't know what the situation is. But I believe there's a good chance that they move forward without him into the season. Robinson's your battering ram. You're trying to get Gibson the ball in space. They found a nice role that worked for him. He became more effective, more economical with his touches as the year went on. And I've long thought Jonathan Williams, while a little bit of a jag practice squad type, runs really hard can catch the ball, can block. He's a good third back. There are rumors that the commanders could be in play for running backs. Austin Eckler, as an example, uh, it could be acquired via trade. I'm just not in the market for going and, and paying a running back a bunch of money. I really like what they've gotten out of Robinson. Gibson's going into the final year of his deal, and after this coming season, I'll let him walk, and running back can be a need next year. But with Robinson, Gibson, Williams, and, and maybe something else I could draft in the mid to late rounds, I got no need to address that position. Yeah, and again, it's interesting because Biennemi comes from a different place, right, in, in Kansas City, where they didn't have running backs that look like Gibson and, and, and Robinson. They had a bunch of scat backs, a lot of Jarek McKinnons, a lot of, you know, Edward Z. Lairs, and a lot they of... They also didn't run the ball much. Well, yeah, but their guys are here. pass catchers, and those guys are, are quicker and, and, and more Understood, athletic. Understood, but you get what I'm saying. I like, know what you're saying. He's, he's inheriting this, and I wonder if he likes it. I wonder if he'd rather have it the way that he's used to it. That's a, that's a legitimate question. In terms of McKissick, I wish he was healthy. I mean, we've seen it with Chris Thompson and now with McKissick. That is an invaluable weapon, especially for a young quarterback. Lastly, quarterback spot. There are two guys on the roster technically. Sam Howell, the fifth-round pick out of North Carolina last year, who's going to be the starter. 
They saw enough in 19 passes against the Cowboys to decide that plus his practice film was going to get him the starting job. So he's QB1, according to Ron Rivera. Jake Fromm is still on their practice squad at this point. Remember, he played his college ball at Georgia, was drafted originally by the Bills, went to the New York Giants and ran two quarterback sneaks against Washington at the end of the season when Bobby McCain picked him off twice a couple years ago. So he is in the building. Taylor Heineke is a free agent. And therein lies the rub. There's the big question. Who will be the quote-unquote competition for how, a.k.a. the backup quarterback for this team? One of the guys that was linked to the commanders as possibly making sense to come in to be a backup, to push how, just got a job. And by the way, he's going to San Francisco, and depending on what happens with those quarterbacks, might actually get a chance to start. We'll explain who and what it means for the commanders at QB next on Grant and Danny. Coming into the offseason, we said that the commanders would want to spend the early part of the league year addressing their offensive line and looking for help at cornerback. And so far, so good. They have added two offensive linemen, more depth plays than you know, marquee additions today, although they may have added a right tackle to start. And Andrew Wiley from the Chiefs, who started in the Super Bowl, helped to shut out the Eagles. But they have just claimed Cameron Dantzler off waivers, apparently from the Minnesota Vikings. He's only 24. He's entering his fourth year. was a third-round pick in 2020. He has started a combined 26 games over three seasons. So here's how I'll compare him to what they've got on the depth chart. We know today, Danny, that they re-upped with Danny Johnson, who they guaranteed about $2.5 bucks, I think $2.7. Uh-huh. Cameron Dantzler, to me, has a better chance to become a really good cornerback in this league at 24 years old than Danny Johnson does, as an example, at 27. That's what you should be doing. You should be trying to find the pretty cheap option who was a top 90 pick in his draft class who a team loved at one point in time who had fallen out of favor. I like these types of moves. They're very low risk, potentially high reward. Let's say they're not. Let's say it's low reward. Who cares? Like, Precisely. That I, I'm in on these. You you can't do enough of these for me. I'm it's to me it's I don't have a good uh, turn of a phrase here, but it's taking a flyer. Because when you hurt your organization, when you sign William Jackson III, your second biggest free agent acquisition of your regime, and you're still paying for it again this year, you set the franchise back. You're not able to fill a roster spot. He's costing you one extra position while not being on your team because of the amount of dead cap money you've got this year. You are paying for your mistake, quite literally. This isn't that. If it doesn't work out, you go fairly well. Thanks for the time. We tried. You tried. Couldn't, couldn't make it work. But as you said, there's some upside here. This isn't a 35-year-old. He's 24, and now he'll be on his – I guess it's his third system because he had a regime change in Minnesota. But maybe you find out what he does well and let him do that, which is a foreign concept around here. But I, I like it. Now, I will tell you that there's a flip side of that, okay, which is to say that he got waived on a rookie deal. Yeah, which is that unusual. Doesn't happen very often, especially when you're starting some of the time. And – 15 teams ahead of Washington in the waiver order decided for whatever reason not to consider him or or to bring him in. So uh, I think those things have to be acknowledged here as well. Uh, Tom Pelissero of NFL Network also reporting that the commanders, and this is the first time we'll pass this along to you, are signing former Seahawks linebacker Cody Barton to a one-year deal. 
He says it's a fully guaranteed deal. It's generally how one-year deals work, uh, according to his sources. So um, Cody Barton, I guess I, rather than saying, hey, you could make up to five and 2.75 or fully guaranteed, you know, whatever they're going to pay Cody Barton, I guess the entire one year is going to be guaranteed when he puts pen to paper. Uh, he played in 17 games last year, started 11 games, made 136 tackles, and had two sacks. So he was not only on the Seahawks defense and special teams, but kind of their Cole Holcomb, so to speak. Uh, inside linebacker, 26 years old, former third-round pick. Maybe there's your answer for Cole Holcomb. I was going to say, there's your answer. There's your answer. I mean, they... 136 tackles would have, you know, potentially in this defense, behind this defensive line, might the exchange rate might be over 145, 150. 150. And, and he's leading your team in tackles. They had so little depth there last year. And I'm wondering if maybe they're like, okay, we won't go into the season with two NFL linebackers. Maybe we'll do three or even four without breaking the bank, without trying to overspend at the position, because I'd rather your dollars be allocated elsewhere. But maybe they're maybe they learned a little bit of a lesson there. So you don't have to do the Let's go to the John Bostic well one more time. Maybe that's the thing. I don't know. But, well, yeah, it looks like on paper, I didn't mean to cut you off, that now that's your starting middle linebacker next to Jamin Davis, yes? That or at least you don't have to worry about it now. Like, mm-hmm. worst case scenario, he could be, and maybe you bring someone in to compete, and you actually have, you know, three linebackers this year instead of the couple that you had last year. As you, as you said, they, they didn't prioritize the position at all. And maybe they decided, you know what? The idea that all of these guys are going to stay healthy probably is never going to work. It certainly didn't work last year. So let's see what we can get out of Cody Barton. And, yeah, I think right now, betting market would say he's your starter. 11 starts, over 130 tackles, and a couple sacks for the Seahawks. There's your Cole Holcomb. Now, if you're able to still bring him back, if that's still something they try to do, you got – you're three deep at linebacker. You're better than you were last season there. I uh, want to go into the defensive depth chart with you in just a couple of minutes. We're also going to hit the phones for the first time in just a bit as well, I promise. Um, so if you guys want to line up now, 800-636-1067. But real quick on the quarterback market. So I said going into the break that one of the guys that has been linked to Washington found a home elsewhere. That player was Sam Darnold. There have been a couple of uh, these sites that have put together their projections based on how much teams are looking to spend and the roles they're trying to fill and who's available where they were trying to find fits and Darnold a projected backup now to Washington at the money they might be willing to give up for someone to push Sam Howell seemed to make sense to certain outlets he's going to San Francisco now this to me is fascinating for a couple reasons number one this is the ultimate Kyle Shanahan testing himself if I can make the, you know Sam Darnold good, I can make anybody good. That's number one. But number two, you would say, well, they have Brock Purdy to start. Maybe not. They have Trey Lance to start. Maybe, Maybe not. not. Both of those guys are coming back from serious injuries. Lance with the ankle, Purdy with the shoulder. Both are going to miss a lot of time this offseason, a good chunk of time potentially in training camp, and neither is a lock to be ready in week one. So Darnold actually might have a shot to run their whole program and impress them and and get some early season snaps. And while everyone thinks Brock Purdy's great all of a sudden, who's to say that a more talented former number two overall pick, not Mr. Irrelevant, and Sam Darnold in that offense might with not those make some weapons music, yeah. 
with Kyle calling the plays, couldn't be productive. So not a great analogy, but think of what Mitch Trubisky did this past year in Pittsburgh, right? He was there not to be the number two exactly, but not to really be the number one. He was like a one and a half. He's keeping the seat warm. So at worst for Darnold, you, you're going to get some playing time this coming year, right? If you just go and enter the backup tier, that's what you are forever. I'm just thinking from Darnold's camp. So if you're Sam Darnold, you're going, I'm going to have a chance to play out there. I bet you, given that system and surrounding cast, and you know, I'll, I'll flip a, a little you know smoke to Debo Samuel, it's going to go for 80 yards, and I'll have a great quarterback rating. I'll be able to get a, a good sample size where someone might think of me as a starter still. I personally don't, but maybe some team might. So I'm going to be a one and a half out there. At a minimum, play some at a, a, a you know, or, or you know, at a maximum, maybe I start for half a season, maybe more, as some of these guys are injured or Trey Lance can't come back or Brock Purdy's arm doesn't rehabilitate at the same degree as he's getting UCL UCL surgery. Rather, it's a pretty good savvy signing for his part. For the 49ers' part, I don't want Sam Donald for 17 games, but I wouldn't mind him for six. That's a pretty good value for a team that's got a chance to compete out west. Yeah, I think that, it, first of all, if I'm a quarterback, here's what I would say every time I'm on the market. Is, is there any chance I can play in San Francisco this season? Not be in San Francisco, play. play in. If my agent says yes, then I want to be there. And there are a couple of coaches in the NFL like that, and Kyle's one of them. You could completely revitalize your image. If you go there, let's say he plays for the first month, and then they go back to Purdy or or whoever else, and they're 3-1. and one. And you completed mm-hmm. 69% of your passes with seven touchdowns and two picks. You're now viewed as a starter again. And you might not go get $30 million. That's not going to happen, probably. You didn't do enough to erase all of the bad. But you might be able to get 12 or 14 or $15 million the next year in one of those tweener-type contracts, right? Jimmy G. Light, so to speak. But you have seen what Shanahan has done for Garoppolo. He's the car wash, dude. We call Ashburn the reverse car wash. Kyle Shanahan has turned Mr. Irrelevant Brock Purdy into a guy that people think might be a franchise quarterback. Uh, we have not really seen him and Trey Lance yet, collectively. Lance is very limited snaps, very limited games, and I think two of them already have been in bad weather of like the four games he's played in. So I don't know what to think about him yet. But you're about to be reminded what Garoppolo is without Kyle Shanahan. I promise you guys. It's not that pretty. It's not that fun. All right, let's uh, let's hit the calls next. So the commanders have been really busy. Cody Barton, linebacker from Seattle, could be a starter next to Jamin Davis, over 130 tackles last year. So that might be the first true starter they've signed. Wiley's going to start, we just don't know at what position. Maybe right tackle, maybe right guard, coming over from Kansas City. They have claimed Cameron Dantzler off waivers. I mean, you got to give him this. If you remember the last couple of years on day one of the league year, we've sat around here just tumbled with our thumbs up our noses. You know what I mean? We've just been like, um. Oh, Cool, Bears. Way to go, Jaguars. And today has not been that day. It's minor stuff, but they're making moves. They're linked to a lot of different people. They're making moves. I like it. It's not always the marquee stuff that gets you wins. I actually have live audio from last year, this time last year. Oh, Oh, good. I want to hear this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you have any of the audio from the year before? Remember the year before in free agency? It was hot. Oh, one sec. One sec. uh, Here it is. It's ready. Yep. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you have any audio of a car crash from the year before when they signed William Jackson all that money? I don't know if we have that or not. No, no, I don't have that. We don't have that audio. All right, we'll hit the phones next. Your thoughts on what has been a busy, I would say a productive, on the second tier of spending 
day for the Commanders. Day. Day. 800-636-1067 is the number on Grant and Danny. Commander's doing some value shopping here at the start of free agency. And what's curious, and I would say promising is, typically if you are agreeing to terms with players today, you're overpaying, right? Normally, the first couple days of free agency are when the crazy money gets spent. You just start throwing cash at people. And normally it's a week, two weeks after today when you actually start getting some deals in place for lesser money. But it's been kind of quirky in that they're active and they're making a lot of moves, but it is not on the top tier of free agency in terms of spending. I don't know why, more so than in previous years, guys are willing to agree to smaller deals. But uh, here's what we're talking about so far, and then we'll hit the phones for your reactions. So far today, the commanders signing offensive tackle Andrew Wiley, $8 million per year. Uh, they have acquired interior offensive lineman Nick Gates, $8 million in guarantees. Wiley's going to start. Gates is probably going to be a, a backup or a, you know, a depth guy who might start some in a pinch. Uh, they have re-signed cornerback Danny Johnson. They have subsequently claimed cornerback Cameron Dantzler off waivers from the Vikings, who's 24, former third-round pick. And speaking of former third-round picks, 2019 third-round linebacker, 26-year-old Cody Barton of Seattle, who had 130-plus tackles, a couple of sacks, four TFLs for the Seahawks last year, just agreed to the terms with the team. Now, you could say very easily, Danny, there's a valuable special teams player no matter what, but there's actually a legitimate chance there's an opening next to Jamin Davis where he could possibly start with Cole Holcomb's future up in the air. Seems like he had his breakout year this past year, right? And Seattle didn't really want to pay him. So it's a one-year deal, maybe looking to prove that it's not a fluke. I Again, I I know I'm sounding like a broken record today, but I love these kinds of signings. I haven't seen the terms yet, so I, I could beat my words here in a moment if it's if they overpaid. But when somebody wants to prove something, you give them the opportunity to do that. They benefit, right? They get their showcase. You get quality play. They did it with Ronald Darby a couple seasons ago. I'm hoping it's the same thing here for a guy on a one-year. Let's go to the phone, see what you guys think so far. Chudy is in Virginia on Grant and Danny. What's up, Chudy? Hey, guys. Thank you for taking my call. What's up, Thanks. So, um... I, I love the aggressiveness in this free agency. I like that compared to last year where we did nothing this year. It seems like a whole new different type of energy is in the building. They're signing guys with, you know, in most cases, all of them, most of them have been in the playoffs as of last year, played in the playoffs in the last year. So that tells me that, okay, we need guys who have that winning attitude, who can produce on the field, and who have that experience to impart. And they're on pretty good deals. You're building your depth. You're doing stuff done, and then it, off, it offers you a chance in the draft. So, you know, instead of maybe going just offensive line or quarterback, maybe now you can go for best player available, and who knows who you can get. So I really like this, and this is a good free agency so far. Thanks for taking my call. Appreciate, Appreciate you, you. Let's go to Jay in D.C. Hey, Jay, you're on Grant and Danny on the fan. Hey, what's up, you guys? Um, yeah, I, I agree with you, um, Grant. Um, I I love pain, but I wish they had traded him. I really wanted to, um, the draft picks, but I th- really think Rivera's trying to set a precedence for the players to be rewarded if they, uh, you know, if they play well. Same with Danny Johnson, and they still got to, um, they still got to reward um, Reed. I think is it um, the uh, the safety Reeves? Yeah, Reeves. 
Um, but Wiley, I think I think he's gonna play guard or tackle depending on what they do in the draft. Uh, Gates is probably your new backup center. They said they wanted to get a little cheaper, at, at, I mean, a little younger at that. And I think Chase is definitely gonna come back. I think Cam Dancer is like a better wild goose. Um, you know, you never know if he's gonna be good or not. And I think Cole Holcomb still has a chance of coming back. I think he wanted to test the free agent market. Um, Cam was saying that um, he wanted more money than we could give him. But I did want to ask you guys, what do you like? What do you think about adding an edge now? Like, we may not be able to pay Sweat, and I don't think, um, you know, Young is coming back. Like, what do you think about adding an edge player uh, after this um, in his draft? I'm in. I love the idea. Again, it, it's Grant and I have a pretty simple axiom when it comes to pass rushers. How many do you have? Add another one. I'm, I'm always in on that, especially because you got Obata probably, or hopefully maybe back in the fold. He's a multi-position guy, but like a pure get up the field, rush the passer type dude, with all due respect to to the various hyphens that they have or Casey Tuhill, I could use a little bit more dynamic well, there. D-line depth in general is now a need for the record. I mean, because, look, they paid Payne and they paid Allen, and that's great. But, as you said, F.A. Obata may not be back, right? Is a free agent. Fidarian Mathis, they drafted in the second round, presumably will be really, really good for them this year at D-tackle. But he's coming off a very serious injury. John Ridgway, I thought, was a great find. One of the reasons why I was perfectly fine shopping and trying to trade Payne was that you drafted Mathis in round two to prepare for Payne to walk, and you unearthed what looks to be a pretty valuable commodity against the run in Ridgway up the middle. At defensive end, they're not nearly as set, though, okay? Because their third end is James Smith-Williams, who is still under contract for another season. That's fine. But to Jay's point, Montez Sweat, goes into a final season. Chase Young, because you're not going to pick up his fifth-year option, in my opinion, by the way, you shouldn't, it would be a really bad decision to do that, is also going into his final season, probably. You say, well, how would him and Sweat be going into the same final year? Well, Sweat got the fifth-year picked up and is going to play a fifth year. He's ahead of Chase Young. Young would be playing the final fourth year, and then they'd both be due up next year. Presumably, you'd pay Sweat and let Chase walk unless he were to break out. I mean, They can cross that bridge when they come to it. But the point is, you can start preparing for life after one or maybe even both of these guys. I mean, if Sweat has another seven and a half sacks and is just kind of decent for you next year, you don't have to pay him. You could be signing the best edge rusher on the board day one of free agency next year with Mm -hmm. all the money that you have. So I think it's in play as high as round one, possibly. I'm not even exaggerating. No, seriously. You got to start thinking about not just this year in pass rush, where you've got two guys you think that consistently can get to the quarterback. And Sweats and, and Young are those two guys. And Young, I think, is a risk at this point because he hasn't done it in two years. But you also have to think about layering and, and life after those guys, too. So I'm with Jay. End is a big need as far as depth goes behind Sweat and Young. I mean, it, it's just a matter to me of what do you really think Chase Young's going to be this coming season? And that's something we could talk about next. D-tackle, though, they've got bodies. They're in really good shape. I don't think they need to do a lot of work there. But I would say end is very, very different. Let's dive into the defensive side of the depth chart next on Grant and Danny here on The Fan. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, 
and Rhode Island. Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.